Welcome to Tech Talks, a podcast brought to you by 70 Agency. You're listening to Martina and Barbara. Okay. Okay. Welcome, Welcome. to 70 Tech Talks for yet another episode. Uh, my name is Martina and I'm sitting here with my dear friend and colleague Barbara. Hi Barbara, how are Hi, you? Hi Martina, I am fabulous. How What? are you? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I am. I am great. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're back for a third ep- episode. And so this time we're going to have a deeper look into the metaverse, right? Exactly. We have been touching up on that topic a little bit earlier, but this time we want to have a proper look on what it is, what is it going to be? Or what does it even mean? And for that, with us today, we have Anders Edvand. Welcome, Anders. Welcome. So, so, Anders, do you want to give us a quick introduction of yourself? Sure, a quick one. Uh, my name is Anders Edvand. Uh, I work here at 70 as an experience design lead, meaning that I work with everything kind of digital and interactive that our clients uh, need. So the, uh, the I, I can't say that I work in the metaverse, but it's in my realm. Yeah, I mean, for us, you are our in-house metaverse. <laughs> metaverse, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Metaverser, metaversarian. That, yeah, that should definitely become become a Meta. thing. But good to have you here, Anders. I think we will have a lot of value from your expertise. But thinking of the fact that we already mentioned metaverse a little bit earlier in an earlier episode we were already trying to form some early definitions yes and now we are actually curious to hear what you Anders um, see as a definition of the metaverse in your view yeah it's 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 a quite hard question actually to answer because first of all like the metaverse is an idea a concept Mm. but it's a concept and a kind of almost like a a dream that we're acting like it's already here exists so the definition of the metaverse at least to how i uh, perceive it now in media and so on is that it we're kind of trying to adapt it to kind mm-hmm. of what so we because we want it now <laughs> uh, we don't want it in the future when maybe probably the the real concept the real idea of the metaverse mm-hmm. could be realistic but i think the standing explanation of metaverse is like a series of virtual digital worlds where you can explore play interact with your ga- with your uh, friends in games uh you can watch shows together it's it's a a social platform but with different senses than what we do today uh it's easy to to think about it as like a VR headset but the metaverse as per se could be anything really but that's kind of the normal definition of the metaverse that you put on your VR goggles and dive into the metaverse. But uh, as I said before, it's a, we are kind of twisting the truth a bit mm. to get something that we can get now because uh, it's kind of happened when, especially when Facebook came out and changed their name to Meta. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of, to be honest, like I get mo- most of my updates about the metaverse from Hype Beast. We kind of says a bit, a bit mm. like, the popularity yeah. of it right now how mainstream it has become within just half a year yeah and it's not like mark 
invented it there yeah, on the spot. No. <laughs> it was around for a long time before that. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's hard to just say this is the metaverse. Mm-hmm. I think no. you need maybe on a two hour podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we, let's see. Well, maybe, that's very <laughs> convenient okay, we'll because it. <laughs> we'll see what does. As you say, it's not a new concept. It's been around for long. Facebook is not the, or Mark Zuckerberg is not the invent um, creator, creator of, the of the metaverse. So, what's the origin? I think the, I think the word metaverse is quite commonly that it comes from mm. uh, the novel Snow Crash from Neil Stevenson. Yeah the word metaverse mm. uh, but it's quite easy to kind of forget that the concept of a virtual reality mm. not meaning vr per se but uh, digital uh, other dimension mm. is something that actually been around quite uh, for a long time mm. what we just called it cyberspace before yeah mm. uh, and kind of before this and there was like other artists like uh, or authors like uh, william gibson uh, wrote neuromancer mm-hmm. uh and also a bit of in the Menomic, but where they talk about the cyberspace and he's 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 coining it more as the matrix uh and then they made a film about it uh so uh the, the concept has been around for a long time and to be honest i think it's a, it's an idea that's been around for thousands of years mm. for humans um like uh, the early Greeks, Plato was sitting in a cave watching mm-hmm. shadows playing uh, on the wall. Uh, and that's kind of like uh, his understanding of the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, we, where we are with technology today, mm-hmm. and for since maybe since the 70s almost, a metaverse is like a, a natural place for us to live because mm-hmm. uh, it's something that's very tangible, something that we interact with every day. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we be able to live there? Even before in time, when we were more spiritual, yeah. then we want to have, we have a bigger connection to the spiritual world. So yeah. it's, it's a philosophical question as well, uh, not only a technical. Do you think that, you know, metaverse or maybe in this case, since it's so common to say that the metaverse is VR, do you think that it's so interesting for a lot of people because it gives us sort of an escapism into more magical looking places or spaces or maybe that it enables us a more rich sort of environment in where everything sort of is possible because of the the limitations being quite low when it comes to expression of something more out of this world yeah and i also think it's a bit i agree and i also think it's a bit from older generations and being my generation included as well there is that if I would compare me to like uh, the young ones now playing Roblox, for them having social interactions mm. socially in Roblox or Fortnite is something as common or, uh, of course, like just us, us taking a, a coffee together with a friend. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where you integrate uh, with your friends. But for us, it's still a bit alien and ununderstandable. So I think the the vision of deep diving into a pixel digital world is also a way of making it more tangible to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of what we can see now. And okay, so that is a digital world. Uh, But to be honest, uh, I think we're going to discuss things that a lot of people don't think is even... Don't, they don't understand why, really. Uh, yeah. So the metaverse, I would say, isn't really for us. It's for the next generation. Yeah. But um, 
we talked about now what the metaverse is or could be, but what the metaverse is not. What mm-hmm. what is it not? I think it's important to say that, that it, the metaverse doesn't always have to be immersive, because then right. we kind of we cut people off. Mm-hmm. The, the metaverse can be experienced both immersively, but also, if we would call it flat on yes. a screen, mm-hmm. uh, because VR head, not everyone's going to have a VR headset. But don't no. you think there will, there will be, I mean, the same thing as with smartphones. In the be- very beginning, it was quite exclusive. Or it was, or um, maybe even that you will have, uh, you know, in Snow Crash, for example, mm-hmm. when they're describing the different avatars of different mm. people that you meet in the virtual world, mm. they say that uh, the writer, so Neil, is describing that some avatars are quite low poly, so as oh, in yeah. kind of not as 3D as mm-hmm. some others, which which equates to that those low-poly avatars yeah. means that the person who has a low-poly avatar probably doesn't have an equipment that can mm-hmm. render this high-definition avatar. So maybe it will be that everyone will be able to participate. Let's say that right now we're talking mm. about the metaverse in a form of a virtual presence in a, yeah. in a like a either in a virtual or in an AR sort of shape. And, but let's say that everyone can participate, but not everyone in the same quality yeah. of kind of graphics or maybe not every person will have a spatial sound enabled because their device doesn't enable that. Yeah. Maybe I, w- I would say like, like one of the more important parts of the metaverse is like the, the uh, real time realistic rendering of 3D mm. graphics. Yes. And what we're, what, like where, where we're going uh, with the technology there is like we're basing everything more or less on cloud-based rendering. So, yes. uh, and that kind of also sets the standards. I don't know if like polygons <laughs> will be what will uh, say like, define our how much we can integrate with the metaverse but rather mm. what we can i would say because we're we're building the metaverse almost like we're building our our, our own society uh, yeah. it's only that it's it looks different but um i would say like what i can see now the difference i can see is rather the amount of uh, currency a user can spend on custom clothes or custom yeah. gear and things like that because I think like the things like when it comes to sound, the platform of just being able to stream all this, mm. that technology is, I would say, it's based on the same for everyone. Mm. Uh, so it's the infrastructure that yeah. should be enabled. Because it's, it's, it's kind of, we, 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 I would say like maybe in the beginning it would be something like that. But for example, when we built amazing things doing web 2.0 mm-hmm. uh, when we were using flash players i remember when we did, i made one of the first like google chrome experiences mm-hmm. uh, for um, wizard of the wizard of oz the disney film then we had kind of like okay so during that time you kind of you had one one entry point for people with low bandwidth and then one entry point for people with high bandwidth and the experience were kind of the same but as you said like low poly versus yeah. Uh, yeah. high poly uh, and but I think like the entire world more or less are running towards uh, the the always on uh, scenario where like no latency. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, of course, there will be other countries, developing countries that maybe not don't have access to the same resources yeah. as the Western world has. But I think like I think it's 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 a possibility. But I don't 
I, I don't think like because we need to set that platform first mm. to really even to build the metaverse because having a social interaction is it's the same thing like having a Zoom meeting but, exactly. other, but the other, the person on the other side is, shot, is uh, cutting out all the time because of yeah. the bad connection. I think it's, you're so it's poor, not it's not <laughs> only experience. about yeah it's not only about being able to afford the devices it's also about the setup but the I think you're touching on a very sort of important part and that is sort of what components does metaverse consist of mm. sort of what are those building blocks that enable the metaverse for for everyone uh, i was like yeah we talked a bit about the technology like ar and so on and everyone is kind of just waiting for apple to release their ar glasses uh, <laughs> if that when apple when is it coming <laughs> But uh, like uh, uh, I think what's more important is the actually the building blocks of building the actual world, mm. the metaverses. Uh, and there's there's like five G and uh, cloud rendering is going to be like cornerstones of it because you like the low latency, being able to socially interact with each other without having to wait for the other one to <laughs> load uh, is is crucial. But I think like one of the main things to make metaverse like worthwhile mm-hmm. is the like the real time realistic rendering possibilities of it, and there are a lot of interesting things happening. Like Unity has uh, Furious, their cloud real time rendering mm-hmm. platform. Their demos of it, all of them always looks amazing. Uh, but then all demos always look amazing. <laughs> exactly. But then also like NVIDIA has released something that I think is even more like, because it means that they kind of, they, they, they think about it in the right way and they release mm. something called the Omniverse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which is kind of, it's to be honest, I don't understand the, the, the entirety of it, but they, they kind of collected all tools mm-hmm. to in real time, work on 3D models and 3D renders using their, um, what called RxC or the RTX, their cloud rendering technology, I can't remember mm-hmm. the exact name of it. They also open it up for other software. So you can sit, you can use Blender and mm. working on the Omniverse. You can use 3D Studio Max, you can use Photoshop. And you can yeah, like in real time sit, one person can sit in Photoshop working on a texture while one sitting and doing the, uh, the modeling on completely different parts of the world, but see it in uh, in a live stream and see like the end result of it. So I think they've built a really powerful tool for us to collaborate because it is like kind of, what is it, like 40 million people, 3D artists in the world. Wow. Uh, everyone from professionals to hobby yeah. creators. But what they're kind of creating, like they understand that these are the creators of the new world mm. and they creates like a platform for them to collaborate and create these things and they giving them the tools to be to to be able to create these kind of incredible immersive worlds because to be honest like we have a few things today like sand blocks the uh, um, central land and so on and you know, it's second life also of that but it's kind of like when you enter it it's not it's it's gimmicky, mm. but you don't get immersed into it no. because it, it looks oh, it's, it's more like an every cubes. every game, every other game I would play. I've tried Decentraland some weeks ago, and it just felt like sort of Sims, yeah, kind of, but in a 
not such a immersive way even i feel yeah. like sims but were is, more is immersive that for the me issue it be not being fully immersive or i think it's right now the way i have experienced it is mm. more still this web 2 mm-hmm. kind of experience or maybe that's my perception of it is just that it's just yeah. like any other computer game i would play when i was 15 years old yeah. or so because i think i think that's kind of the idea of the metaverse as well is that it's not it's not a game. Yeah, it's something. It's something beyond that. Mm. Sure, you probably we 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 do love to play games, so that's probably one of the main things you will do. But it's something more. And having a let's say having a date mm. <laughs> in the metaverse in sandbox, uh, <laughs> we'll but, get that far. Yeah, and isn't it? Isn't maybe the the reason for that games being the main focus now for the metaverse? we see maybe the most business or use cases in that kind of environment. Hasn't it been maybe a little bit difficult to to find business opportunities, maybe more B2B or maybe in more like daily operations as one using or leveraging the metaverse? I would say like everything kind of require investors yeah. to it and it's easier to sell a purpose-written game, yeah. like this, we're building a game. Okay, here's my money, go build it. But uh, what, for example, in the video I do is with, with Omniverse, mm-hmm. um, and it, which is kind of like a great example of how they say, this is why we've done it, oh, yeah. that they give, give the opportunity to industries to build digital twins mm-hmm. of the industry mm-hmm. uh, on their platform and with, with the help of AI and real-time rendering, build an actual factory mm-hmm. Test it out first, mm. even even before they build it physically. Uh, so they okay. can train robots. They can train know exactly like how uh, workers should act in certain situations in a digital space first. Mm-hmm. But we we should say I think that Nvidia is such a trailblazer when it comes to enabling you know not just now sort of the metaverse or omniverse, but also. They've been the trailblazer, trailblazer of the the GPUs. Yeah, I, I mean, before you know, they've sort of were the ones that have provided the processors that enable this incredible graphics. It's mm-hmm. a graphing processing unit for initially for gaming computers or gaming devices. Then sort of found use cases when it comes to the scientists and lab devices. So I think they have a lot of um, power to be able to push this because they also understand the different components and have the know-how. Yeah, and, and also an understanding of what... Because it's easy to think of a GPU as like a graphic card. You mm-hmm. use it to get better graphics on your game. But like the, uh, especially with NVIDIA, like they, uh, NVIDIA graphic cards are used for processing data in 5G mm-hmm. towers. Uh, yes. It's... Uh, Used to uh, mining uh, bitcoins, uh, it's like it is one of our fastest. Uh, if we don't talk about supercomputers, but like one of the fastest processing units we have mm. um, on the market. Much like because whenever you do like a single specific digital object and cal- calculation, it's often like a, a GPU that does it because it's so much faster. Mm. So they, especially Nvidia has such a broad background and understanding, even if what they sell and what they release every year is different forms of graphic cards. But they also understand how to enable it and create it into the different markets as well. Another 
component that we've been discussing earlier, blockchain. What kind of role do we ascribe it when it comes to creating the metaverse? Why do we need blockchain? To be honest, do we need it? In theory, yes, because the idea of blockchain or the idea of metaverse is mm. this kind of this idea of it's even if there's different worlds, you can travel between them, you can share your components between each other on a normal centralized server. Mm. That would be kind of impossible to do. But in the theory on a blockchain, it is possible. But looking at what we today call a metaverse, we have things like Fortnite, Roblox, yeah. which are single instance installation on servers. Mm. It is possible. But when it is centralized on one server, it is within that server's server's kind of rules. So it is kind of it is gated in uh, within there. So I think like blockchain rather enables it. I wouldn't say that it's not impossible to create metaverse without it, but it would require a lot of servers to to create the metaverse we want. So I think it, it is the building block. But to be honest, it's probably the building block of the of internet or the web in general going yeah. forward. Cuz I'm just thinking as you were saying that the central land is actually just like a newer version of the same. But isn't the underlying layer based on blockchain? Isn't that the first step then? to create platforms or games that are based on blockchain technology. Maybe one organization doesn't have the same kind of power of yes. the creation, the development of that platform. I think it goes into sort of ownership, but also allowing then, or not allowing you you as, a, as an internet user mm. or participating in different platforms are sort of, creating mm. right the internet but now with the blockchain i think you have this opportunity also to own what you create mm-hmm. or in the future i think we had this discussion a few weeks back when we talked about owning your content on facebook if it was to yeah, become yeah. right blockchain based can you charge Facebook now for to use your images. Would that be a viable business for Facebook? <laughs> I remember when you guys were uh, having that that talk on uh, Web three, and that was my my first reaction. <laughs> like, will there be? How can you build business models around that? Maybe not only for for big corporations, but maybe for smaller services service providers but well we're about to find out i think but uh, that is an interesting question like because the, the concept of the metaverse as well is a bit like it is controlled and owned mm-hmm. by the users yeah. of it um and that is kind of it's, it's the same notion that we kind of did when we were building the internet during web one and web two like if yeah. you you could sit in the basement working on an open source code like mm-hmm. html and build your own little server mm. and just have a little laboratory and build something amazing out of it or having a platform like Flash or a similar and just be able to build something unique and really cool and share with the rest of the world. That was kind of, it was, it was possible. But now with the metaverse, it's kind of hard to kind of just, okay, I want to build a metaverse. Where do I start? <laughs> Where do I go? I go to Ethereum, ethereum.com, and like mm-hmm. enable. It's a higher 
threshold for anyone who, even someone that is like a 3D designer or someone that has skills in, in programming or anything really, just to take that first step? I think, I I think, we're, we're, I think we're maybe imagining that higher threshold because okay, yeah. the... Uh, Maybe it's just like one Google away. The subject metaverse mm. is right now owned by the big corporations. Mm. After Zuckerberg's release of yeah. Meta, everyone jumped on it. Google and Amazon and Microsoft and everyone is building their portion of the metaverse. So it feels like unreachable mm. because you need to have 25,000 engineers working yeah. on it to be able to do it. So, But I think... As the hype kind of settles a bit mm-hmm. and it gets streamlined and people are then, the genuine people mm. are starting to get interest from it mm. because now it feels like the entire, the, the entire world is just doing NFTs mm. to get rich quick. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, it also feels like with their launch of Meta or rebranding, they also killed a bit of that, you know, interest because it's like, oh, another big corporation trying to own this space. But I'm asking myself sometimes, what is the next like company that will push away all the ones we know today, like Facebook, yeah. like Instagram, like Twitter? Will they be the ones that will be leading the metaverse? Yeah, but here's the question too. So as you mentioned, Anders, there was this idealistic idea of the internet in the beginning as well that anyone could jump on this and build their own websites and platforms maybe eventually or communication channels and so on and we have we apply that same kind of idealistic view on the metaverse now but what we saw in the internet was that eventually services and communication platforms and social platforms are actually be are being cent- centralized because maybe that is also the the most natural way for us to go, or maybe not. Not every person will want to be a creator. Mm. Um, probably the va- the majority will not want to be creating anything. They will yeah. be want to find a space where the the people are already uh, interacting with each other. The question is. Do we think that the metaverse can stay decentralized or is it just like the human nature that we will find ways to couple up and where we let bigger organizations essentially build those spaces for us? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe there's a gray zone in between there as well. well, I think to be honest, uh, it's all about ideas. The majority of what's great with the internet was created to solve something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like MySpace, like one of the first social networks, mm-hmm. wasn't built for uh, Tom to earn uh, $400 million or what it sold it for. Wow. But it was just to share a, a, a place for bands to share their like un, uh, uncontracted or unlabeled bands to share mm-hmm. the music. So he saw a problem and created a solution for it. And and from there, kind of, oh, we can use this to have a, uh, one of the first like social networks mm. on it. And then everyone else built on it. So I think, and now we have like a set a set amount of solutions or things to do on, on the web. And it's like, oh yeah, you can chat to friends, you can watch pictures, you can watch films and you can play mm. games. But I think 
if someone comes up with a solution to a problem that no one else mm. thinks about, that idea could blossom to something else. And it doesn't yeah. mean that Google or Microsoft will be the ones that finds that question. Mm. Maybe maybe it's even a bigger chance that there's someone that doesn't have like a revenue interest yeah. that think of it. So if it's a possibility, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Will it happen? Probably. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what? And then again, I think, can it ever be decentralized? Because there will always be someone providing some like sort of a platform for exactly. others to join. Exactly. So in theory, it's not, can we ever even be de- fully decentralized? I mean, you know what I mean? There's, there, there's going to be a smaller player like Instagram was at some point, right? And mm. then Facebook bought it. And then... I mean, Twitter in the very beginning <laughs> yes. was just this cool, small space for people that could, I don't know, chat with no, each no, other. No, with but it's like, you don't know what will be what will be great and what the problem will someone will find. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is a, uh, as big a chance that... Because I think what corporations do, do as well, mm. they also have a tendency to kind of like create the problems themselves. Yeah. Like, yes, we need smart speakers in our home. That's... <laughs> okay, you're right. I need five. <laughs> yeah. talking about my home. Um, uh, so what, yeah, I mean, so, you know, what do we think who will be building? Yeah, them? to come back to your question, like, I think like GitHub, for example, is an example mm-hmm. to look at that, which is like mm-hmm. a... In theory, it could be like a decentralized area of uh, of uh, of code. Code, but it's still always depending on who creates it. There's mm. always an owner, mm. a creator of it, mm. and uh, some people will make it open source. Some mm. people want payment for it mm. or have a license for it. So uh, it's 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 hard to say this is how it's going to be. Yeah, uh, it all builds around individuals and situations. Yes. Question too, right? Like, what is the objective for even building a metaverse? Is it just like we have the technology, or we are starting to have the technology now, and therefore, because we can, therefore we do? Or do we need new social spaces? Do businesses do they need new marketplaces? It levels. It's kind of mm. like, what do we actually need? Do we need a metaverse, or do we need a cure to cancer? Probably the latter. I think a, a metaverse is something very natural for us and it's something that we've imagined ourselves from probably like the 1930s Mm. or something that we'll do and I know like even if we think like now that VR is a new technology Mm -hmm. like the first VR boom was in the 90s yeah, uh, I remember when I was a kid there was like VR headset you can buy to your computer and I know that Sainsbury's in Mm -hmm. the 90s they had a laboratory to develop digital online shopping. Really? Through the, with VR headsets. So the the note, the idea of it yeah. has been around now for, what is it, 70s? So it's, oh yeah, 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, 50 years in our kind of fast-paced technological world is quite a long time. Mm. So we're, we're due <laughs> to do mm. it. And it's, as I said before, it's like, I, think, I think it's in, in human nature to because mm. we... We almost live in a digital world. We just we just want to do it a bit more, so it feels making it feel a bit more realistic. Yeah. So I think it's it's uh, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And it is, and it's, to be honest, it is a lot of benefits with it. 
Because it's easy just to think about it like, oh, entertainment or games or whatever, mm-hmm. or having a virtual cup of coffee with a friend or something like that. But yeah. it's, the possibilities around this are humongous, really. It's everything from education to uh, medicine to just uh, diplomacy. Yes. What do, we, what do we think who will lead it? Is it going to be the users? Will it be big companies? Or will it be that... Does it make more sense or what is the easiest way to enable individuals to create the metaverse? Is it that we will have companies rather providing us with tools to create our own assets in a in a simplified way? So let's say I'm obviously not a programmer, but I would like to be able to build something for the metaverse or I'm not a designer per se, but I can use, for example, Figma, which is a fantastic design or UX tool that allows me to set up some sort of, for my skill set, simple demos, if I want to showcase some, let's say, mobile application. Is it that that will be something that can drive the development of the metaverse, allowing individuals to create it? I think... That is also a very complex question because, as we said in the beginning, like the idea of the metaverse is that it's owned and created by users. Maybe a bit of a naive viewpoint of it, mm. but in the end, I think absolutely it can be controlled and used. But if we look at the the industry right now, like who is talking about the metaverse? Mm. It is the big data companies, the people that have the 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 money and the energy and the resources to build mm. it. But they need to create tools for people. And I think I think they're probably going to do it, but they're not doing of their goodwill. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean if you if you just look at the platforms that we have today, you know, the user generated content is what drives a lot of platforms to grow. So if you take this, what we know today that works for a lot of companies, why wouldn't they be interested in creating similar types of platforms. Yeah, and I think absolutely. I think that's kind of also like what surprised me with NVIDIA's Omniverse, because that's exactly what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. providing, they say like, here's an, uh, here's an open source right now to all our, our technologies. We're using AI for lip movement. Yes, as it recognizes your voice recording and do oh, like yeah. exact uh, lip movement to it. So they are uh, creating it absolutely. But I think the, the big data companies are, they're not in it for free, mm. <laughs> for, for goodwill. Because even if, like, yeah, even if YouTube is a platform for people to create their own uh, content, YouTube always also wants something out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so w- what would be the, maybe the risk be compared to what we are today? Okay, yeah, so I, I go into the metaverse, I need to subscribe to 17 different uh, providers, mm-hmm. uh, just not to get blown away by commercials or whatever. Like I think that is also what we kind of mean by the metaverse to kind of get away from as well. Mm. It's a lot of people kind of talk about the metaverse as the next generation of the web, and I think that is a is to kind of to blow it up out of proportion yeah. a bit. Yeah. Because the things are on the internet, we do a lot of things on the internet. Yes, we entertain ourselves and mm. we uh, socially interact with each other, but we do a lot of the other things as well. We search information, we 
do our banking. And if I don't want to do my, my tax declaration, do I need to do that in a metaverse? <laughs> no. Uh, so I think, I think we, we, we need to remember that we don't want to create an obstacle, the threshold even bigger just to use it. So I think the, the internet will be as it is as well now for a long time. But then the metaverse would be a branch mm. evolving out of yeah. that. But now you're talking about, you know, certain cases. What is currently interesting in the metaverse i would say what, what kind of what interests me and where i personally see a potential in is virtual shopping mm-hmm. and then i don't mean like only like buying digital fashion but actually buying real fashion mm-hmm. especially if we can work with the real-time rendering uh, mm-hmm. of things you can try them on if you'll be able to measure yourself to your avatar and have an exact copy of it and it's like being able to interact with garments and whatever you want to buy in a different way i think is something a very big potential because mm-hmm. obviously we shopping is one of the things we do and also one thing I, I, that i'm kind of i'm a bit disappointed mm-hmm. about as well but i think like interactive culture and entertainment yeah is has like enormous potential in the metaverse. And I thought that would be much more developed or explored during the pandemic, mm. but it was maybe because people couldn't go to their jobs and create these things, but yeah. it was very little. But there are things like, for example, the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite, is, I think is a, a great example how a live show now yeah. can be experienced instead of standing in a audience or out of 20,000 other sweaty mm. people and may, uh, with the risk of crushing yourself to death, yeah. you can have like a much more immersive and exciting experience. Yeah, Then there's a lot of people that kind of like, oh, live music needs to be live. Well, not everyone has... Also, not everyone has the opportunity to always go to that live event, right? It's easy mm. if you live in a big city that have a lot of the tours stopping by, but it's all. I think it's also going to be just a question of convenience. Mm. Now, you don't have to travel, you don't have to stay in a hotel just to go to a show that is two hours. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's great possibilities there, and also like kind because what what it creates as well is that uh, it would be. Let's say an NBA game. Yeah, it's it's twenty uh, thousand tickets available. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they run out in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, there's an endless possibilities to see that same game mm. virtually. Mm. Uh, it's maybe it's not exactly the same thing, but at least it's it's something compared to like the, yeah, the flat the, experience of exactly. the TV. And maybe you can enhance it through through seeing it virtually with different gamified options. Something that actually exists now mm. is, I can't remember what it's named, but they, I think it's Fox that has it. Mm-hmm. But they, they have the opportunity the, uh, in some of their live games. Um, it's actually a coaching tool that's been developed, mm-hmm. but you can have live effects mm-hmm. on the, your basketball game superimposed in AR like on, on the live stream. You all remember the old game Space, uh, NBA Jam. No, basketball no. game where you know, people could when it dunked it exploded and it was uh-huh. fun <laughs> and you can add those effects yeah. to the game if you want to but you can also kind of see like as people are playing and see like this mm-hmm. person kind of almost like FIFA oh this has this much energy left he's mm-hmm. been playing for this long it made this many scores this many misses so you oh, get wow. live data yeah. as you see a live game mm. in real time 
And those, I think, like, it's, it's tricky to do that on a live a stream over a network, but doing it uh, digitally over the web in an interactive uh, show is much easier. But then there are things like Horizon venues that Meta produces. I think that they're producing like three things. Horizon World, which is like the big world. Horizon Workspace and uh, Horizon Venues are mm-hmm. like their three main focuses and what Horizon are Venues. Those? Is, is that for culture and concerts or what's that for? It's for, as you said, kind of says, cheers. Just getting my water. To host venues and like you can go there now mm-hmm. and see a uh, like a non-label uh, band have a mm-hmm. concert. A lot of stand-up comedians. So are they providing spaces to other people or companies yeah. to rent in the metaverse? I don't, I don't know like how it actually works because... I didn't have anything to show, mm-hmm. <laughs> to put on a show, <laughs> uh, like, like uh, how you pay for it and how you rent it. What I've heard is like when it was released, I think it was close to uh, to free, just to as a beta Just to onboard version. people yeah. into uh, and get the, traction. I, I haven't tested, but what I've heard from people that tested, it said like it was a bit stale, kind of like mm-hmm. standing there alone almost. Oh. And saw this uh, a person playing guitar. But I think this, yes, there's also what we talked about before, that the big data companies uh, are creating a platform to create Mm -hmm. things on, which is kind of a nice idea out Mm -hmm. of uh, the metaverse. I would imagine the metaverse, like kind of when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. we had a satellite uh, TV, so we had a lot of channels. But I could spend time just sapping through channel after channel out of things I have no idea what I was watching. I didn't understand what it said. And I think in the future, that's also what you can do in the metaverse. You can zap between venues and things. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why haven't we explored that more? Especially given that throughout the pandemic, we know that a lot of artists were having a hard time just, I don't know, getting by, at least the smaller ones, right? So why has this not had a faster... Adoption, exactly. I guess many things related to devices are still quite expensive for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. They are also not so easy to use. Mm. They're quite heavy. So I think that's one part that needs to to change is for the devices to become smaller, to become less expensive, Mm. easier to use. And then another thing is just other software or infrastructure-based yeah. tools to enable more seamless yeah. um, experiences. And also, I think I think what we said in the very beginning as well is that we also have to realize that the metaverse isn't really... The, the final idea of metaverse mm-hmm. is, is, is quite a far to go, yeah. longer to go to, to reach there. But we're, what we're building isn't necessary for us. It's for the next generation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it is a lot of exploration, testing, uh, see what we can do. Uh, to be honest, I think what happened when Facebook changed name to Meta and Mark introduced the concept of the metaverse to the broad audience mm. of the world, uh, it created. I think. I think it injured mm. uh, the development of the metaverse. In the short run, uh, yeah. because people kind of like, oh, the metaverse, so cool. Let's go see what it is, and mm. then kind of like, oh, <laughs> it was nothing. And, but also, <laughs> is is that how we imagine the metaverse being this kind of cartoonish 
um, space where everyone is just, uh, well, some, some sort of like cartoonish mirror of themselves. Yeah, because I think I hear that quite often, especially people yeah. that trying out Horizon. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Meta's uh, platform. Because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's also... Uh, it is there built on their kind of Facebook uh, Facebook avatar style. Yeah. And then due to technology as well, uh, uh, you don't have any legs. So you're basically just a floating torso. That's very interesting. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's because, um, yeah. uh, it's, first of all, it's really hard to pick up leg movements. Uh, mm-hmm. But also the cameras on the headset mm-hmm. doesn't see the legs. So it's a te- oh, yeah. technical issue. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of like they, they, it, it, the experience and how it looks made it like kind of feel less serious yeah than, like it is a game or and then you when you're in you kind of like oh i can't do anything exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and i think then that's again why we see so much media attention maybe going to games when we talk about the metaverse because maybe also because of meta uh, meta that's kind of where the the general perception of the metaverse is a bit limited to the to the gaming style and the gaming environment or, or environments that look like a gaming environment. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what we can do yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think, yes, exactly. That's the limitations of, of today's mm. reality. I think even if you look at Apple's Memojis, they are also very cartoony. I think it's wherever you go and try to create mm. your digital expression, it always looks very gamified. Yeah. And this sort of 3D cartoony style. Yeah. But that's the thing. So just the other day, I was listening to a podcast with this guy from Metaphysic, mm-hmm. uh, the company that did the deep fake of Tom Cruise, if you've seen that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like Tom Cruise playing golf, and it looks like Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not. It's a deep fake. So there's like this uh, actor that is just like, well, he's moving obviously, but then there's an AI that is in a very realistic way recreating his facial expressions. Uh, I think the voice is also uh, like developed by the AI, and it has all obviously, you know, it, it needed quite some time to. Uh, to develop and to learn how to uh, impersonate uh, Tom Cruise. But it's just so weird how realistic that is. And they were talking about how eventually that's the kind of like hyper-realism that we're going to be seeing in the metaverse. It's going to be possible for you to look the exact same as you do. It's going to be possible for people that meet you to follow your exact facial expressions in this kind of hyper-real environment and, yeah. and then Have a the, more realistic eye movement. Ex- exactly, exactly. It's just the fact that you're going to be able to, like, meet someone at someone's eyes, right? But to be honest, we, we already have more or less that technology yeah. today. Uh, NVIDIA has released the MetaHumans, an mm-hmm. open source mm-hmm. uh, yes. tool. to that was extremely good realistic, demo. Ex- like, real-life realistic like, renders of humans mm-hmm. uh, with every, like, more or less every muscle in the face moving. Uh, NVIDIA doing the same thing, I yeah. don't remember what it's called, but with their AI that syncs lips yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. WAV files. So we are extremely close. Mm-hmm. We have the elements to do it, to release it 
we need the platform, which I say, yeah. like maybe like 5G will probably build for us. Yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about the possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> But I think also there are... It's very easy to be opportunistic. I was actually going to say that we've been looking at the metaverse from a very positive perspective. Oh, yeah, for sure. But can we be a little bit also, what do you say? Can we question metaverse? What is? What are the challenges of the metaverse? If I could just say something that is tied to the discussion about recreating these hyper-real people, right? Or identities. If anything, security... Yes. How, I mean, how insanely dangerous or easy can it become to recreate you and to pose as you in a metaverse? Imagine how, how weird it's going to be if you ever see someone on a platform that has... Looks like you. Looks like you. But I have a question here, actually. Do you think... So one thing is that, you know, Mark was talking about yeah. this with Lex Friedman, that that sort of you will have different ways of identifying and verifying yourself in in the metaverse. But I think I almost want to connect it back to the blockchain. What kind of role do you think blockchain will play in this case? As in, will it be able to give you this verification that yes, this is Barbara you're looking at right now and interacting with? I think absolutely blockchain could play a really important role in that. But I I think also just looking at our society today, there are we have a vast amount of tools mm. to validate our identity. Mm-hmm. We here in Sweden we have bank ID. Mm. Could also be a way of validating yourself. It could be through smart contracts on the blockchain. But is it something that where we learned that if there's a will, there's a way. And yeah. the people that want to, I don't, I don't know if you can say create damage, but yeah. uh, will they almost, they're always the ones that drives progress because <laughs> they crack the next thing. Like imagine spam in the metaverse. People over phone manage to scam oh, yeah. naive people. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what could happen if they could create an avatar that looks exactly like your friend, yeah. as you said. But maybe it has a red hat on it. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> because of copyright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, there is always a possibility of that, absolutely. And how we can protect ourselves. I think we'll always have to try with technology, but technology would always have to reinvent himself. Uh, mm. Because, as I said before, there's a will, there's a way, and the scammers will always find a new way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even for, you know, cryptocurrencies or blockchain they say it's nearly impossible to to break in yet there is i think i thought i saw a number yesterday like how much cryptocurrency that was stolen this year yes it was an axie infinity actually that got 683 million dollars worth wow yeah so almost almost impossible to (laughs) yeah tell it to the people who have those 600 million. This, so Axie said they would return, find a way to return the funds. Mm. But, um, you know, it's not impossible. It is possible to, to um, what's the word, to break into the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Hack. Hack, yes, hack. thank you, hack. So what other things do we see, you know, besides identity, being able to hack something? Well, what, I would what? say like the biggest problem I see 
which is is such in a juxtaposition to what what the world is trying with mm-hmm. is the the energy co- cost of yes. the metaverse. It is a blockchain problem because it, they use a POV proof of work on every transaction, and I think like on Ethereum, like one transaction, one transaction mm-hmm. consumes the same amount of energy uh, to run a American normal household for like one and a half day or something. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, however, there is proof of stake being implemented in Ethereum and there's other cryptocurrencies that are using proof of stake. What will be the difference? Just like a quick brief. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let me let me try to explain <laughs> in a very simple way. So proof of work is basically based on that whichever machine has the most computational power. Yes. To to solve the equation, mm-hmm. gets you know is able to verify a transaction mm-hmm. on a blockchain. Um, oh. Whereas with proof of stake, is whichever has most funds, which means that if I have if my if I have twenty bitcoins mm-hmm. and no one else has as many, I'm the one that is able to verify the transaction. Why is that more energy efficient? Because you're not using as much computational power mm-hmm. to pr- to solve the equation. Proof of work is kind of also like kind of like then all uh, touch points, all servers are active at the same yes. time yeah. to see who who will get yeah. the work done fastest. Well, uh, proof of state, it's like you you can ping before you need to start mm-hmm. the work who is the most adequate yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, kind of like downloading torrents. Yes. Uh, who has the biggest source of the, what you can mm-hmm. download. So instead of using what's my like computational power, oh. you're using how much money do I have, you know. But like, it will only be rich people that get to <laughs> So in a way it's again centralized. Yeah. I, I mean, mean yes. centralization within decentralization. We yeah. can't get away from no, and I think I think it's easy to point finger on the blockchain, but it's any digital transaction, cloud rendering, or all the technologies that require server power requires an insane amount of energy. The metaverse is low energy performance. Like that's that's like one of the core ideas of it, mm-hmm. uh, being like decentralized, open for creators, mm-hmm. and or a low energy consumption. But it just feels like. We're just now in a panicked state, being running in one direction to yeah. start creating things. Mm. So we kind of we ignore that little detail of it. Mm. And well, another thing that I kind of been this week started thinking about what we want from the metaverse is to be like this kind of immersive, wholescape experience mm. that way you can with smell, sound, and touch mm. feel that like you are in a a different place. Those technologies often require us to. A lot of like sensory inputs, things like body heat, like uh, body circulation. Yeah. Like we in the future, I'm worried of the possibilities to do full body scans of people, mm. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what interesting. That could, like uh, an insurance company can buy that data mm-hmm. and say, like, yes. no, your your health insurance is going to be tripled because your yeah. health heart rate is very poor. I mean, that's the exact reason why a lot of people don't do the. They don't check DNA their, testing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and we're there's a big possibility that we're forcing ourselves into a, in a world where that could be a risk as well. Yeah. That was my first thought when Mark Zuckerberg was talking about verifying yourself through some sort of biometric, you know, input. Of course, that's in his interest. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, my first thinking was why? I mean, I would never uh, give that data. It was kind of the same thing as well with the Kinect 2 for the Xbox, which was like an insanely powerful piece of machinery yeah. that was still used today in like very advanced creative technical installation. That was basically a camera that could see your pulse and see the the heart rate of you, mm. can hear the heart rate mm. of you as well. So just a simple camera could you basically scan you oh, quite yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, so we've already done things like that. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if there are hidden CCTV cameras in some countries that are doing exactly the same thing. It's, mm. it's turning into a conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now we... <laughs> We went into. Do you want to end this on a happy? <laughs> let's 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 end this on a happy note or on a more positive perspective of what, what we, would we wish for the yeah. metaverse to be like in the best scenario possible, or not best, but you know, a good scenario. To be honest, I'm not I'm not looking forward to the, the fully immersive Ready Player One metaverse mm. where you have the bodysuit and you, you dive into it and it becomes real and you're there. But I, I'm more excited about the extra value we can give yeah. our current life. We're talking about concert and I'm thinking, what if we can do it to printed material in books, for mm. example? You're reading it uh, with your AR glasses and then suddenly... Instead of seeing a picture, you see mm. a small scene. I think the possibility to add like storytelling and a deeper level of everything from personalization, expression to entertainment and culture. I think that's that's the thing that I'm more excited mm. about than dive into a fantasy world. Yeah. Do you think the metaverse will make certain platforms obsolete? I would say if those other platforms doesn't act mm-hmm. and adapt. Yeah. <laughs> for example, streaming platforms mm. like Twitch or Discord is like a, a very flat way of interacting mm. with people. In a future where metaverse becomes more standard and experience like that is going to be very stale and boring. What we saw now in the pandemic, the explosion of Zoom and mm. meeting room, comparing that if you can do it in a seamless way, we're using a lot of whiteboard collaborative tools in mm. our projects, which also kind of like, it's a very flat experience. Mm. I think they they need to adapt to stay relevant in it. It's like life, adapt or die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And, uh, and there, there natural selection back. at its yes. finest. <laughs> back to the bottom. <laughs> But I think this was so interesting. Yeah, and this has been super exciting. Insightful <laughs> and we went up and down and left and right. <laughs> Thank you for being with us in uh, our third, third 70 episode. Tech Talks. Yeah. See you next time with another exciting guest. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Go to the links in description to follow us on social media. And if you like this episode, don't forget to share and subscribe so you never miss out on future episodes.